Hello boys, welcome to episode four. It's starting to take shape. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Turtle, hello Coach. Well, what did I say last week? We got 100, 100 listeners, what was I going to do? You got to raise the bat. Well, I am raising the bat, boys. <laughs> we've got there. Well, we could be at a double century shortly, mate. Oh, um, really? It is just, um, since we've been, and so I've got to open up with the fact that there's some excitement tonight because um, the episode count, sorry, the audience count has gone platinum already. <laughs> and uh, so we've said, bugger it, we're, yeah. we're doing a double episode tonight. Surely so base platinum. The, the second episode's <laughs> going to be um, a monster interview that you've organised there will be um, mate. Trust me. Mm. That is a I great always deliver. It is. A great it is. Gift. It is. I always deliver. So we'll um we'll we'll let everyone in right at the um the end of it of the part A of um of episode four. Ooh, another <laughs> first. That's it. First to hundred. But first part A. And perhaps on the back of that uh, interview that we do, perhaps the listeners could give us some uh, ideas of who they'd like to see joining in the future because the bar is certainly raising. So if they were to tweet and let us know, at the coach and text, mm. and let us know who they'd like to hear more of in the weeks ahead, we'll see if we can fit them in. The, that, and on top of the fact that um, we want to run a competition, because at the moment your own personal Twitter handle doesn't have a profile picture. Um, so we want to come up with some, some suggestions, and I know Two Plank out there is very keen with some thoughts already um, about um, what you might use. As always, you know I take on feedback, so this will be no exception. <laughs> well, let, let, let us be the judge of that throughout the course of the episode. But we want to update the stats. Like we said, this is our version of <laughs> AFL Fantasy Points. Um, so we've, we've, um, we've had significant numbers increase, and this whole thing around male-female and non-binary is still going. Um, Have we had any more non-binary joiners? Um, there just seems to be a, a, a stronger... Um, push towards our, our, I guess, our target market of males over 35, but there are 77% males, 21% female, 1% non-specified, which means there's still 1% of our um, burgeoning audience that's non-binary, well, Troy. God help us, honestly. Hmm? I mean, well, it's still probably the same two people then. Unless one has gone and got some medical help and sorted themselves out and fallen into the male or female category in the off-season. Additional COVID-19 tests? Maybe. Mm. Mm. Found Maybe. out a few things about themselves. <laughs> we, um, um, so we spoke a little bit about our Twitter handle. That, so we're starting to get a few, few followers on, on Twitter now. And we'll, we'll talk about our tweeters a bit later like we, um, like we have previously. But um, for those of you who don't know, at the Coach and Text is the Twitter handle. So stay tuned. We've got some exciting social media news coming up over the next um, week or two. We're looking at launching an Instagram page and a YouTube page. Um, so, my goodness, we're, we're getting quite modern here, mate, with the technology. <laughs> what, what does that mean, Tex? What do you mean, what does it mean, Shane? Instagram and YouTube. It's a new world to me. Well, well we've, got to get you, we've got to get you onto, the coach. onto Twitter, mate. Uh, we can Twitter sort you out during the week. Yes, we'll yes, sort yes. you out. Now, yeah. um, this whole ongoing saga with Mr. Flynn, uh, I, I do need to give you the weekly update on, on Mr. Flynn. Um, <laughs> there had apparently been... So all my followers out there on Twitter have given me um, some advice and feedback. He's been cited um, in two separate locations. Um, so we know with the... Um, the, re, the, re, the easing of restrictions of COVID-19, one of the things that's been allowed is outdoor exercise groups. And apparently he's been spotted at one of those. 
and at one of those F45 um, training studios. So sounds like a bit of boxer size and things are going on. What does on the F stand for? Is it, is it fat? Fat 45s? Is that what it is? I'm just gonna, what does F stand for? I'm going to get uh, Sean Adventurous Venturous on speed dial one at this rate because you guys are out of control. I just mm. want to know what the F stands for. Well, look, maybe we move on, um, okay. Shane, because um, he'd be worried now, Mr. Flynn, because there's two of us now um, alluding to um, certain aspects. Of, I'm in his camp. Um, I'm not part of this. Hey? I'm in his camp. Well, well, we're not the types to, to actually talk about the things that are said off air, um, Dex, so <laughs> those secrets are safe. They're in the cone of silence, mate. Don't worry, we won't be telling <laughs> Flynn about those. Um, now, the other thing is, is obviously, we're going to go and talk about Texas trial a little bit bit later but it is just a disgrace the feedback's unbelievable it is literally um the whole podcast is a kiss of death we can't really apart from st kilda being one of the big improvers which i tipped there's not too much else going on in that space uh we were stiff again last week but we're going to change it up this week the collective week right we we were stiff we'll get it right this week because it's a collaborative approach this week and we're just going to narrow the focus and donate some more money to headspace Mm, okay all right, so we're into our usual stories and uh, and whatever else throughout the course of uh, the episode. We, we will talk about our tweeters a little bit later on. Um, and now, and I do, oh no, I'll save this later around our new betting segment um, um, and potentially a new sponsor. <laughs> okay. So there's a fair bit that um, took place over the weekend uh, in the AFL and hence starting to take shape. So what were your key key takeaways, Tex? Uh, Port Adelaide continue to go on their merry way and you just got to start your games well. I think one side um, who was not in front at half-time ended up winning the game. So starts are critical and the season's getting away from two or three teams. Mm. Interesting. So I think every four years, the team that is on top of the ladder after, I think it's round three or four, in this case, it's Port Adelaide, wins the flag of that year. Didn't happen last year, this mate. Is, this is the fourth year. Well, it well, didn't happen last year. Every four years, he said. It's like a loop every fourth year. Clearly, I've caught the, hello. I've caught the Turtle, disease, mate. Hello. Sorry, mate. Put Sorry. the neck back in, mate. Hey, what about the Bulldogs? They're back. So a couple of teams were back, eh? They were never gone, well, the Bulldogs. Well, well I said they were oh, gone. Mate, and they've mate. done a massive resurgence. Their hands under pressure... And the type of handballs they give and the pressure they put on the opposition has been elite the last two weeks. Elite. Elite, absolutely. Oh, they were never gone, the Bulldogs. I wouldn't say they're back. They were never gone. Well, they were gone, mate. Two weeks ago, they were gone. Performance has been horrible. You said they'll go 0 and 3 this week against No, GWS. I didn't. I said yes, St. Kilda, St. Kilda beat them and I didn't expect that. Collingwood yeah. got them in round one and then since they've come back and got GWS and the Swans. No, you were very worried about them. Mate, come back was round three after round two, seven days earlier. They're in my eight. But what you're about right now? You haven't about, there's two teams you've got to get out of your eight. Hey, mate, I reckon that the Bont, um, he sent me a thank you tweet. Uh, thanks for getting up me two weeks ago because since then he's become the greatest captain um, after I gave him that sledge around his leadership capability. Do you admit you were wrong then? Hey? No, about his leadership? Yeah. Uh, it's still too early to say, but I, w- I would say that he's definitely had a walk in the room of mirrors um, and, and come back mm. out liking what he's... What he's had a look at, mate, because he's um, so he's a he's a good captain. By he's improved his captaincy because they've won two games. Maybe in the well, top, mate, top five is that in the how, round is that like how it You're a good popular, coach. Popular you're a good coach if you actually win games. You're you're not a good coach if you lose. Uh, is that how it works? 
Well, I'm saying we're a quarter of the way through the season, just about, and he'd be he'd be in the top three in the Brownlow, and he'd be in all, at the moment, and he'd be an all Australian top lock three in the Brownlow at the moment, and he'd be an all Australian lock. Now speaking of okay. Australians, Jeremy Howe yeah. would have been. So we're going to jump down to the seventh point on the on run the run sheet, sheet Shane. No, I'm just jumping, just missed the five in between, mate. We'll just go straight to the injured players. I think that's good about it. It's quite fluid. We can follow anywhere. So just <laughs> got to be agile, as Gil would say. So you just just noted that we weren't agile. Thank you very much for that. Mm. Well, no, there were a few injuries and suspensions to big name players. So apart from old Jeremy Howe, but hasn't he become like the greatest backman um, of all time? Shane oh well, yeah, since yeah, Shane Ward, yeah, yeah. Um, because of going down with his knee injury. He keeps self-indulging and we'll get a spot on uh, Pickers <laughs> Self-congratulate him. morning, yeah. <laughs> Three votes. How yes, old good am I? <laughs> That's a massive loss for Collingwood, but it is a PCL and a MCL, not an ACL. Correct. So he's in operation, better. mate. They reckon he's gone. Well, uh, 12 weeks, I reckon. Yeah, 12 weeks. Back Which in time the for the business end. Yeah, yeah I think you're... It's a home and away season. Yeah. Don't worry stage. Mind so, you, the home and away season could be extended. Correct. So I think in 2018, when Collingwood um, made the grand final, he didn't play five or six games at yeah. the back end of the season. Yeah. So um, wh- why do you think he's become so important that all of a sudden, you know, someone else can't step up and Darcy Moore can't play more of that role? Oh, no, Darcy Moore can, but they're going to need players like Sharonberg and people who have been in and out of the side Langdon. to step up. Langdon's coming back, but there'll be a query about him. Um, will Myacek have to play back instead of forward? Does Reed come back in the side, but he's unreliable? Uh, it's not a disaster for Collingwood. No. Richmond got Richmond won a flag without Rance. Yeah, well, you're not comparing how to Rance, are you? Uh, oh, What's the geez. impact they have? Like, he's a marking defender. So that's a big advantage for any team to have a marking defender. And Darcy's improved that so far, what we've seen this year. Um, his kicking can be questionable, but he's certainly marking. Those two are the two big keys for the Conor defensive six. Well, there's leaders and followers on the back line, as you remember from the early 90s. So you were a follower, and people like Michael Gaither were a leader. Jeremy Howe directs traffic down on that back line, and uh, he'll be a loss, not for just about what he does, but also what he says. So, mm-hmm. well, I think they can cover him. Pass him the serviette, Shane. I think he's dribbling sure. again. What was he trying to say? No. God knows. Mm-hmm. Um, what about... Um, what about um, Fife with his hammy? Well, it's only a, it's only a slight hammy. And say low grade, but Dane Zorko's hamstring. Well, they say two. Dane Zorko calf. Generally, it's obviously changed over the years. The hamstrings are different these days because it's standard 21 days. Uh, so if he tries to come back earlier, good luck. Yeah, the problem with the season is an injury is, you don't know the extent of an injury because the whole world could stop next week. Yeah. Um, so it's a loss, but the biggest loss of the week would have been how to Collingwood of any of the clubs. Yeah. What bigger than five? Oh, I think so. Frio. Yeah, I think so. Oh, Jesus. I, okay. do, I think so. All right, fair enough. And you wanted to comment on um, Thorold Merritt's strike on um, on Silvani? Oh, I just don't think that. I mean, is that a reportable offence? So <laughs> I saw the replay and I was trying to. Where did he strike you? I couldn't even see it. And then he got a week. So you're, you're a much more learned gentleman than I am. What did they rate it? What sort of impact? Was intentional? High. High. high? It was rated as high because of the, the fact that he ended up having to go to hospital, broke a rib or fractured So the outcome's the, 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 the big issue now. If it hadn't hurt him, he wouldn't have been reported for that. Well, he wouldn't have, the grading wouldn't have been high. Okay. It would have probably been low because he but got it was, a bruise. And it was intentional. 
Yep. Go, let's go back I to think the video every, every other game that's been played this year and just see how many times that type of action or strike has happened. It'll well, be hundreds. There's nothing Seriously. wrong with laying a tackle and Seriously. trying to hurt the ball player. And if you're going to report for that, you'll be reporting most offenders in most rounds. It probably says more about the bloke <laughs> he inflicted the damage on than him himself, mate. Maybe he reflects on the umpires. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, the umpires didn't, didn't make that call. That was a and your mate Chriso who made that call, mate. I, I tell you, that's one thing the umpire. That's probably the only thing <clears> the umpires got right on the weekend. If you watch that vision, you watch one of the greatest umpires going around in uh, Matt Stevick, multiple grand final. He was right there. He saw that happen, and he didn't even pay a free kick. And then two days later, they report the bloke, and he gets rubbed out for a week. Good segue to go back to Friday night's game, mate, because I think the umpiring against Toby Green. On, on Friday night was a disgrace. Uh, what about Mason Cox and that, that shimmy that he was doing where he'd poke the, the yeah, studs I up? I mean, give me a spell. Oh, I agree with you. That, and uh, no one even spoke about it. If Toby Green had done that, the world would have been in uproar on Saturday morning and people were looking for the match review panel to do that, something about it. Fair enough. As, as Collingwood supporters, you, Mason Cox, he'd be on the next flight to um, Texas, wouldn't he? Uh, he's in their best side right now. And you just got to Why did they drop in? Darcy Cameron? Uh, because they obviously think that Mason Cox has got more to offer. Oh, Jesus. Well, he footy the IQ, Shane? How's his footy IQ going? Oh. Uh, I don't know about his IQ. No good. Would you play him in Collingwood's best side chain next week? No. No. Okay. There you go. Well, it. I would. And well, I that, think he'll stay in. That's why you're an umpire, mate. I think he'll stay in. XFL player. Well, he will because there's nothing better. Maybe they're on the view that he needs three, four, five games. Years. Games. Of course they are. Find a rhythm as such. Of course they are. They because pop it of, on his head. Because of where he's, where he's come from, basically. If they pop it on his head and he he's wins... Not a, he's not a natural footballer. No, of course he's not. But there's been plenty of people who weren't natural footballers who went on to make a decent career. And I would think if he can win two games a year because he stands tall and kicks three or four in, in a couple of games, he's doing his job. <laughs> Winning... Okay. He hasn't grown up with the games, what I'm saying. Do you saying. want me to remind yeah. you about we a need, game need he need a reaction, mate. We definitely uh, need some Twitter reaction I remember... I remember uh, uh, 2018, the MCG. Yeah, he did. The one game he's played. Yeah. I know he's done nothing. Plenty more where that yeah. came and from. Was, was yeah, awesome. let's talk about Richmond. Richmond and West Coast. Um, mm. before, before the fixture changed, I thought this was one of the two season-defining games this week. I reckon uh, Richmond were poor again on the weekend. And I know you think I'm knocking them, and I am, but I reckon the draw hasn't done them any favours by not taking off to the Gold Coast this week. Um, Would you have picked them against West Coast if they played West Coast? Uh, probably up there, okay. yeah, yeah. I probably would have. But so I, would you pick I, them I against Melbourne? Um, yep. Not, not necessarily. Yeah, I would. Not necessarily. They were poor again, yeah. and I tell you what's poor about them is some of their um, big name players are not up and about. Uh, yeah. Re, re, Rewalt's just doesn't look particularly interested. Lynch has had a quiet week, and they had four changes last week. On, on the basis of what they did the other night, they probably have four more. They're very unsettled, and the season's getting away from them. Well, I'll defend those two because their game is very much um, positioned as such how the game is being played upfield. Yep. Yep. Now, they're not playing the way that we know Richmond can play. Now, if you think about the way they've played for the last three years, I reckon it's a tough type of game. It's a lot of running. It's a lot of effort. So maybe they are a bit flat. Maybe their headspaces aren't quite there yet. Um but I don't think you can write them off. Yeah. I mean, I'd be picking them this week. And once upfield gets going, I tell you what, Jack Rewald, big fella up in front of the goals there, mate. He'll be, uh, they'll be quite happy. Obviously, I'm biased. 
right? But you are. So that, that certainly some concerns. For me, it's more around too many of, of their key players are just not playing that well. Although I, I reckon I saw some signs. Edwards, Prestia, a couple of others who, yeah, who started showing some, um, some things um, on the weekend. But they definitely need... Um, Rewalt and and Lynch to not only when they do take the marks they miss some shots too when they had some opportunities on the weekend but um, St Kilda played well uh, they, they were one yeah. of my um, but they're my improver team and, and I thought they did they did well again so I reckon Hula's getting a bit of attention as well he's yeah. been quiet yeah he's they're trying quiet. to cut him out of the game because he's so important to to the Tigers he nearly stole the game for us against Collingwood mate Rewalt Stack McIntosh Castagna didn't have ten disposals in the game and I'll I'll keep Dylan Grimes out of it because that's not unusual well, he's, he's actually Dylan Grimes. no no but he's one of the issues mate he's not playing well like compared to he's not taking inter- intercept marks uh, so our defence right. Vlosten who's probably been one of our better players yep. um, but he can't do it on his own now Asprey's out apparently so yep. Yep. it'll be interesting I think um, Melbourne are good on the inside so it'll be interesting to see how they how they go but Mm, West Coast, definitely West, some concerns. And West Coast poor again. Um, that's been a horror month for them up on the Gold Coast. Well, they beat Sydney. They just want to go home, mate. Yeah, I get that, but they... They just want to go home. They're not going to perform any good until they get home. Well, they're going to get a fair run at it at home, so I'm, I'm not saying that it's the end of the year for them, but they've been horrible. Um, and they would want to win this week. Now, you, you wanted to raise... Past players who've done, done okay against their old teams. Yeah. Um, anyone stand out for you specifically? Well, Dan Butler, that was just fantastic to watch. Um, and Cam Ellis, so two ex-Richmond players. Who, Cam Ellis isn't... Uh, uh, sorry, um, Dan Butler, I want to talk about. Dan Butler had a breakout game, I would have thought. And so you talk about why did he do it against Richmond? Did he have a point to prove? Or was he just lucky on the day? I enjoyed watching him play, and I, I think some of the Richmond uh, Richmond mates enjoyed watching him play well too. So he was a star for St Kilda. He played well. Excellent. And Cam Ellis Yolman uh, did well against um, his old team Adelaide, playing for the Brisbane Lions, mate, just to mm. jog your memory. Great to see him kick that goal, and everyone got around him. How good's that? I reckon you and I'd get a kick against Adelaide. The, the best thing about him is he's got gotten rid of that top knot. That he used to have. <laughs> They've cleaned him up down there in Brisbane since he's since he's gone over, mate. I think you wanted to say Brandon Ellis. I did. Brandon Ellis got my attention as well. Except so. he didn't play against his old team. No, no, that but he's, he, he's, he's moved on from a club and making a good fist of it at a new club, and he'll be really important for the Gold Coast. Will he? Oh, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sold on them, by the way. Reserve judgment on them. I think they're exciting to watch, and they can't have done any more, but... Well, they've done this before well, through the Gold Coast. Well, them and Brisbane have last year same position. Yeah, three and one, three from four, three from one after three. three wins in four weeks. <laughs> Did um, what about taking advantage of the hubs, Brisbane and Gold Coast? So they were they were given a nice handy draw to start with. That you'd have to say that um, both teams uh, three from three because they both lost their first round match. Yeah, and since the hubs um, post COVID nineteen, they they're. Um, Three, three wins from three games, mate. But at home, that's why it's called taking advantage of the hub, mate. Well, there's one team who's taken more advantage of the hub. Who's that? And that's the team that's on top with a percentage of 236.3. <laughs> Port Adelaide have taken advantage of the hub. They've won three away, you'd say. Um, they're going all right. No, they're no, taking they've won two away. They won one before... Before uh, the break. In round, in round one, before the COVID-19 stuff. And that was against Gold Coast up there, coincidentally. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they've taken advantage of the hub. Brisbane have won at home and Gold Coast have won at home. Um, let's see how those two clubs go, particularly Gold Coast, when they have to spend a month in Sydney or Adelaide or Perth. 
Mm. Close test. games? True test. Yeah, a lot of close games. We've got two points Friday night, uh, one point Saturday night, um, two points, points on Sunday, Sunday afternoon and four points Sunday night. So, yeah, maybe that'll be low scoring. I don't know whether it's anything to do with shorter quarters or shorter games, but if nothing else, when it's close, it's interesting. So what's your views with all the talk about you know, post Clarkson and shitty games? Shane, what do you reckon? We've had shitty games for many, many years. Overreaction? Yeah, absolutely. That's one game you're talking about. So we've had close games. We've had, the scoring's still quite good. Like, look at St Kilda. We've had 93 points. Richmond, 67. I mean, Adelaide, get, 89. Yeah. So I used to reckon... It's in, actually okay. In a normal game, you kick 100, you go close to winning. What's the new What's the new norm now? 80? 70? Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure what that's going to be. Yeah, we'll find I, out. The games were close, and I think that's a good thing. As I said, nothing else is a good thing. Now, I want to talk about Essendon. Um, I don't know who's coaching them, but what I saw is Friday night, uh, sorry, Saturday night, when the game is a little bit like the debutante at the Mardi Gras, nice and tight, right, and it's equal each of two, and you see John Worsfold, a premiership coach. What was that number that you had Sean Adventurous on, mate? <laughs> you see, You see... John Worsfold, a premiership coach, standing at the back of the huddle, and what, what's his name? The, the, the guy who's coaching them now? Ben Rutten. Ben Rutten. Well, I'm not sure what Ben Rutten's done, but if he's that good a coach, there'd be some board members of the Crows who'd have a bit of a twitchy freckle. John Worsfold, I want him eyeballing the players, telling them what they've got to do in the next quarter when it's nice and tight. He also sat down at ground level. And didn't have headphones on too much of the time. So how much influence is John Worsfold exerting on the other people in the box? I reckon Essendon have got this all wrong. And as an Essendon supporter, I would be crooked on what they're doing because I reckon they're experimenting at the expense of the members. And I, I don't know why. Well, they're pretty good at experimenting, as we know. Yeah, <laughs> they are. So, I don't know. I've, I've never seen John Worsfold speak, bar post-press. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what's going on here. I, I don't know the influence he's having on, on that group at all. I've, I've, I've had reason to, in other media commitments that I've had during the week on other radio stations, <laughs> I've actually commented on this. And what I get back is this rhetoric from people like Tim Watson who say, oh, but John Worsfold does this and John Worsfold does that during the week and at training at meetings. What I want as a supporter of that club is to see the main coach with all his experience addressing the players when the game is tight. And I didn't see that. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to get to our little business in footy topic that you started a couple of weeks ago, yep. mate. And um, we'll be interested to audit the results of your first week because I'm not too sure that um, the Crows did a whole lot of what you suggested. And uh, and you seem to be talking a lot for Essendon members this week. How would you know what's going on? I don't know what's going on. Right, so, I just comment on what I see. And what right. I saw was when the game was tight and there to be won... A premiership coach didn't say much. So they haven't been able to 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 to, to meet, uh, plan anything for four days of the, the preceding week because of the stuff that happened with Conor McKenna the week before. I reckon I reckon that's a tough call. I actually think that potentially their handover is a little bit more successful than the one over at Collingwood, which has taken about ten years to get right. Well, but that'll have we'll discuss that a little bit later in our expose. When Rutten gets Essendon to a grand final, then you might have a point. Right. When Rutten well, gets Essendon to a grand final... Well, he's got nine years to do it if you use Collingwood as the model. Because that's how long it took Nathan to get um, Collingwood to a grand final. What about the young guns? You're going you're gonna to go on again about your mate, aren't you? Matthew Rowell. Lewis's uh, son, Matthew Rowell. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Rowell. 
Mate, I, I actually, yeah, he was good again, but that Tom Green in those last five minutes yeah, against Collingwood, yeah, uh, did he stand up? Like, compared right. to the other, just, just... His composure and decision-making <sighs> under pressure, in congestion, just first class. Yeah, it, great. He was so good. And you know what I like? I like how he hoiks up the shorts, and now they're starting to take the mickey out of him, and he just keeps pulling him up higher and higher. <laughs> he, he's been fantastic, and... Very, very good. And you can't do any... He's going to get tagged this week, though. I see Chris Scott's come out and said they're going to pay him a bit of attention, so that'll be a learning curve for him. Chris Scott, mind games. Chris Scott. He's still thinking about the upcoming fixture against Richmond, mate. Um, Taron Thomas, um, I like him. Jeez, he nearly, he nearly um, clunked a couple there in the last few minutes against Hawthorne. He, he's another one that I reckon is pretty good, Shane. Goes and uh, gets doesn't it. get much. That's the first time in four weeks that we've actually spoken about North Melbourne. They're just the most... He's got some talent. Uninteresting topic. Uh, he hit the goal. Was it the last quarter? Was it the last quarter he hit the goal? Yep. Yeah. Very clever. Under pressure. He's like, big too, mate. Like, unreal. wait until he can go into midfield or he could be a tall winger or something. If, if, yeah, you, if you just take a moment to pause in this in this new world of mindfulness, just listen hard enough and the jungle drums will start beating about how poor a coach Reshore is at this rate. Give it another two weeks and you'll just hear the dulcet tones of the drums beating. They stand for nothing, North Melbourne. There, okay. nothing. I like that's a okay. And I can yeah, they, I can hear Mike two plank on the tweet now, but they they are a disappointment so far. Like if you're Reece Shaw or Johnny Worsfold, you're pretty happy that he's actually making these predictions, wouldn't you? Because based <laughs> on Texas try, he's wrong all the time. Yeah. So so how much are Melbourne going to win by, mate? <laughs> just as a Richmond support, I'm just fascinated by how, how hard you're going to go at Melbourne. No, I'm not going to be stupid. Richmond would be favourite in that game. No, no, I'm asking you who, how much you think Melbourne are going to win by. Yes, whatever. Since we're half the team's not interested, we're no good. So uh, I don't want to sway your opinion. Melbourne, fact, Melbourne will get up by a goal or two. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. Lock us in then, mate. We can based off the last three or four weeks. Sixteen points on that. Mm. No less. Hey, let's let's talk about these um these um teams that you've given us or the clubs that you've yeah. given us in terms of business I want to go straight to you mate you're on the clock again around yeah. Adelaide but last week you said um, your team was going to uh, or your club was going to put messages out to the members they didn't do that yeah right so that didn't happen yeah um, you wanted to pay an opposing club's director Malcolm Blight, Malcolm Blight to come yeah. and do a guest yeah. guest stint while you were going to play them by the way I think yeah. didn't, no no a Brisbane play who, who did um, Adelaide play Gold Coast didn't they yeah. No, no, yeah. no no yeah they did Adelaide played Brisbane. Brisbane. Oh, sorry. Go Adelaide played yeah, Brisbane. Okay. So you're going to get them to do that while they're up there in the hub, mate. Uh, Blighty might just pop on in and just see Adelaide. How's the week gone in, in terms of updating the business plan? It's been terrible for us. Um, they, they, no shit, shit. They, had a, they had a crack this week, but um, they probably weren't hard enough at selection. And as I said last week, in a two-team town, it's the perfect storm. We're not performing on the field. We've got troubles off the field, and our cross-town rivals are flying. So... Um, it's uh, Matthew Nix, I don't know whether he's a good coach or not, but it's getting to the stage now where they have to be really, really brave about who's going to play. And the, the guys who held their spot last week didn't do enough. So our problems are on the field that are driving massive problems off the field. Um, but what I would do straight away if it was my business is I would be going and getting someone to sit and, and ride shotgun with Matthew Nix for the rest of the season because okay, so this poor bloke is doing it on his own. He's got no experience. They lost Camparelli. Um, they need someone really senior, like Rodney Eads done in the past, for, for example. 
um, this is going to get away from us. That we're going to have. Do you, think, it, right? do you think that's uh, a key to the problem? That Matt Nix needs a uh, a mentor as such. Yeah, I think he does, and 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 the club chose not to give him one, and I think he was part of agreeing to that. But he clearly needs help now. I don't think that's a problem. Well, what's the problem? The players. Yeah, look at the ex- no, no, no. But hey, mate, it's a business plan, ex- mate. It's not selection. So, um, his business plan is all over the place. No, but my is business that, plan, no, no. my business well, plan. You just spoke giving... about their performance last weekend, right? It was better. It was better the second half. They kicked two goals in the first half. Correct. It stands out like you know what that there is no leader within that club. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. Former captain, current captain. Yeah. There is nothing. There's not enough players stepping up. And taking control of that club. Yeah, but you can't turn that around. You can't go and get new players. Well, maybe so all well, you can do is the turn mentor over next one. to Matthew Nix is not going to help that. It's about taking responsibility and accountability for their actions. Oh, I understand. And that. So I understand this. What do you do with your business, mate? With your business plan? My my business you need to fix is, that is, is more than the coach. My business is a little bit like Virgin Airlines, right? It's going south at a rate of knots, but we've got to win games and we've got to be competitive. Be like and we turned up again and we kicked one goal in the first quarter. Right. So all I'm saying is. We need to make some tough decisions, like you've never done in business and you've never done in business. Make some tough decisions, and I'd start at the selection I'm going to go next, mate, because my team's flying, right? And we want to double down. So um, we spoke about the product being pivotal to our success at the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. and we've got to ram at home while we can. So I'd just be ramping up the advertising, mate, um, getting new members signed up. They can get crowds there at those games now. They the can. problem for Gold Coast is going to be that um, they've got to go on the road over the next three weeks. So I reckon that there's an opportunity to get their, uh, broaden their exposure while they are on the road. Very difficult in these social distancing um, days and times, but um, just double down on the product. I'd be ramping up the local advertising there, getting people um, on board as, as members. Uh, there's actually something exciting to tell. I suspect it'll all come off a little bit once they lose a few games, if they lose a few games, but... I'll lose a few games. But ride it while you can. It's a pity that that game's Keep it simple, not, mate. It's a pity that game's not Saturday night rather than that dead time slot of, of 4.35 on Saturday afternoon. So what's the other game that's actually on Saturday yeah, night? There's nothing else on there. Bulldogs North Melbourne? People are into the footy, mate. They've oh. been starved for, for three months. And, and watch, mate. Brisbane Port Adelaide's the other game. That'll be a decent game. Well, I know Mark Evans is speaking to his old mates at the AFL about wanting to, to get, get us some additional time in the prime slots. And so I think that there's they'll get given at least one. Yeah. Well, you haven't got it the following week because the week after you've got Hawthorne at six o five pm. Well, that game might might change based off all these rules and regulations. Mm. Absolutely. Shano, Geelong. Well, I'm going to touch on thing uh, a word that uh, Tex uh, had stated before that he hadn't heard of before for a long, long time is that connection, and we're going to increase our connection with our members. So we're going to actually introduce our supporters can't come to us; they can't watch the games. So we're going to support, and they support us, like every other club. Um, so we're going to introduce a Willy Wonka uh, type golden ticket. So we're going to send it out all to our members. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> Has he been drinking? Willy Wonka. You yeah. roll the yeah, over. I understand what Willy Wonka is. What, what are you? What are you doing, man? Well, if you let me finish, you guys feed income. What a golden ticket to what? Let me finish. I'll tell you. Okay. So. These members, whoever get these tickets, right, there's only a select few, mm-hmm. they actually have a choice. So they'll have a visit, a Zoom, phone call, whatever it may be, whatever mode they like, from their favourite player. The players aren't allowed to visit anyway, mate. I said Zoom. You said phone visit. Call. 
Well, yeah. Via Zoom. Zoom. A Zoom visit. Yeah. Right, okay. Whatever. So how do I get a ticket? Well, you'll get sent one out. You right. may get one, you may not. Right. Just like the Willy Wonka. Billy can so pull it out increase, of a barrel, mate. Hey? We're going to increase our connection with our member base. All right? Okay. That's what well, we're members are important. Well, absolutely, without them. I don't know. We um, don't have many of them. My, my tip is, based on some of the, too, the live tweets we're great. getting, is get rid of this segment. It's just pretty average. So I think that one was only like, supposed to be three rounds. I think that's three, isn't it? That's one it, more mate. we've got next week. We've no, got one more next no, no, week. Can no, it? No, no, that's it, mate. Well, that's let it. the tweeters decide. Yeah, they have, mate. Yeah, the tweeter has. Mm. Mm. All right, um, let's move on. So one of the, the big news stories is probably because it happened, I think, Wednesday of last week, mm. um, John Kennedy Sr. passing away you know, after recently being elevated to legend status in the Hall of Fame. Um, it got us thinking about um, inspirational coaching speeches. Um, does anyone want to say anything about John Kennedy Sr. first before we go back to the inspirational speeches? I, I mean... I met him once or twice oh, uh, in no, other times, right? But <laughs> three votes again. Hey, actually, I didn't meet him. Did you meet him? No, I no, didn't. Okay. No. You guys didn't play any games. Jesus. I just told you about 60. How, what, how was it? 60. You said 80. Very forgettable. Um, but you know what? You know, I saw some footage of him last week, and it was when he coached Hawthorne with the flag in 76, was it? Um, I think those images just it brought back memories as a kid. And yeah. seeing this, what was told to us by media was, a, was a, just a great person. And everything that he did from prior to that as a player, coaching Hawthorne, he set Hawthorne up. Yeah. I mean, the foundation of that club, the person, the man that he is, so respected. And I just, you know, talk about it, you know, influencing. This guy's had a, a massive influence on a lot of people. On and a I, couple I just of think it's just, Oh, yeah, absolutely. North Melbourne, uh, involved the AFL. It was a sad day. I think, um, you know, the images of him... Walking Had a good innings, mate. Oh, yeah, no. It was and just, he nearly personally it, raised it, the bat. He was about 90-something. Yeah, 91. 91. But, um, yeah, had a massive impact on the game. I, I just think it's it's a very sad day for everyone. It, it is, but I think I, I would celebrate his life too. And the, the word legend gets thrown around a lot. I mean, he's a genuine legend when you yeah. talk about John Kitty Senior. And I see Lee Matthews... Um, openly spoke about a letter that he wrote to John Kennedy not that long ago. Yeah. And Lee Matthews just commented on the influence that John Kennedy had on a younger Lee Matthews and the influence that John Kennedy had on some of the Lions players later on in life was profound. So uh, he'll be sadly missed, but footy is far, far better for having John Kennedy Sr. a part of it. And I'm sure how fitting that North Melbourne played Hawthorne in the week of his passing too. So Yeah, Josh's uh, 250. Pretty forgettable game, unfortunately. Uh, well, well, for Josh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I'm talking about the Hawthorne. Uh, oh, sorry. Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he he was a ripper, John Kennedy, absolute ripper. Actually, in the lead up to that game, just about um, Josh Kennedy being, yeah, you know, the irony of it being his two fiftieth when his grandfather passed away. They spoke about stats from 2010 to now, and yeah. he's just unbelievable, um, Josh Kennedy, um, around um, things like hardball gets, um, clearances. Tackles uh, and just like out outdoing pretty much anybody, but used in the same sentence or breath as Joel Selwood and, and some of the other guys. And I guess when you think about the top midfielders, you won't automatically go to someone like Josh Kennedy. But mm. 
bloody, just a good player. Just a good player. Thoroughly yeah. deserves the statue that he has. And that speech that it gets played a lot about, don't think do, I mean, that, that will live on forever. So. Unfortunately, they lost that game. I heard an interview with him talking about the speech. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Sorry, you go. But just a great speech that we'll always look back on for years to come. Which is a yeah. good segue, mate, into talking about inspiration. Sorry, just, oh. just on that speech, though. Right. Do you know how they actually come across that footage? No. There's a, a guy in Brighton had 36 or 35 canisters of film and uh, oh, it's a guy from the AFL was, was researching, trying to find all this old footage, right? Because they didn't start recording really from 1990 onwards, right? So this guy from Brighton, he's like, hey, mate, yeah, I've got it here. Come and grab all my films. So they, he goes out, goes out to the garage and he sees 35 canisters of film of games. So they go through 40, 34 of them and there's just blank, there's just nothing, right? The rain damage. And they go to this last one, so we better check it out. And there's this home videos and all of a sudden, bang, there's John Kennedy with the, all of his, his speeches of that, uh, that final series. And that's how they come across that speech or else we would not know about it. I'm glad we did, and thank you for that insightful piece of history, Shane. I, I never knew that, and I, I, well, I've learned something tonight. Well, he's giving me that stare that I think wait for Derek Kicker may have got in a quarter time. Oh, you've taught me something. Hey, hey, so it was only in the papers last week. So how's this? You mate? read in your papers morning and night. You think you would have actually read that? So, so Shane, being the coach amongst us, yeah, right, um, and. Um, played most of the 212 games or whatever it is of AFL between most the of the AFL, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's good. Um, anyway, we um, uh, I asked him. I said when we were planning out this episode, I go, mate, it got me thinking about all these inspirational speeches that you would have heard as a coach. So, mate, what we should do is do your top five. <laughs> How many have you got, mate? How many did um, Barney get you all wound up about during your time at Collingwood? <laughs> None. <laughs> and Ricky, I told him that too. Ricky Quaid, did he have anything that. for you in your yeah. early days? Ricky, it's Ricky Ricky. Oh, no. Another one. <laughs> There's another one. He was very tricky. Ricky. What about Ian Stewart? No, he's too busy getting dressed Who up. Who coached you in your in your um, uh, state of origin? Mick Irwin? Were you, were you there when he was coach of college? Who coached you then? The guy from uh, Geelong, Billy Goggin. Oh, God. Billy yes. can't coach. Um, <laughs> no good. What about uh, Mick Irwin? Did you have him at Collingwood? When... No, mate. No, no, he was the year before. Oh, you had Bobby Rose. Jack Carl. Jack Carl, that's right. 84, Bobby Rose, okay. 85. Then Lee, 86. Yeah, onwards. so just give us one, mate. Um, Otherwise, you will be left with my ones from the Turtles. Well, I'll give you two, all on the same day. <laughs> they all happen on the same day. Happen the same day. Um, so, 1990 Grand Final, before he ran out, was probably the most, most I've ever listened to him. Uh, but certainly... Uh, Probably a little bit emotional for Lee. Lee doesn't get that emotional. Um, but he actually just, he thanked us for the year. And no matter what was going to happen over the next two hours of footy, you know, he'd appreciate and love, loved us for what we've actually provided for him that, for that year and, and previous years uh, of him coaching. So that sort of hit home and it's one that I remember, obviously, because yeah, I'm telling you right now. Why, is that, why did that resonate for you? Because well, it wasn't him. It was something different. Ah, okay. Well, maybe it was he's the real very, him. He's very... Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Maybe, maybe now he's uh, he's mellowing in his old his old uh, age as such. But I think um, you know uh, most people know what happened at quarter time of that game. Um, there was a little bit of a push Derek, and shove. Derek Kickett punched the shots and how's you Derek Kickett, no, it'd be wide vision if you were in that vision, mate. Um, the size of you. Um, 
But I think at quarter time, his composure... Short and dangerous, mate. <laughs> his composure at quarter time to keep us focused on what we had to do was incredible. Because that next quarter, uh, I think we hit five or six goals to nothing. So I think his, his quarter time and pre-game speech were, were uh, unreal. Um, what about those um, drives to the airport? Because you all live together near Dingley and all of that with... Um, um, Darren Mullane and, and he'd pick you and Darren Mullane up and you'd take the piss out of him in the, in yep, the car he used to tell me about. Yeah, the Dingley Taxi it was called. So unfortunately he picked me up first, so I was always in the front. Um, uh, we'd pick up Pants <laughs> secondly out of Noble Park and um, so Pants would sit behind him so he couldn't see him. And so one day we're going oh, to the I'd airport. Do all the shit and giggles behind yeah, the seat. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And Lee looked across at me and said, yeah, most of the time at um, pre-game speeches, used to look like you're falling asleep. Used to? Used to. Oh, you would have said used were to. Were you used to that, were you? <laughs> we have to, might have to do this pretty quickly. And I said, no, we don't listen to you, mate. Move on, let's go. This segment will have to get changed too. You said so this to your know. coach, we don't listen to you. Correct. Just... He's giving you. He's got. Ooh, no, mate. Oh. Hey, did you ever play with um, Matty Ryan when you were at um, Collingwood? Or did um, no? At, well, he didn't play in a like. Of course he did. He did. I that's mean, what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you're oh, supposed to be across all this stuff. Well, that's what I'm asking. You. So, so he he left me. I've told you this story before. So very much professionalised things down at the Turtles in the early nineties. You'd get the butcher's paper up on the the side walls, and his most inspirational speech was <laughs> remember Zoran. The boundary lines, your friend. <laughs> anyway, I went on and got the votes that day. Now, mate, you, you're you're upset because I I ended that last segment without <laughs> giving you a chance to talk about the umpiring. Well, you being an ex AFL umpire. Well, there's a trend forming in the game, right? So the umpiring's been poor. They haven't had any games to umpire, so they're finding their way. They're a, a young list. They haven't got a lot of experience on the guys that are umpiring. But on Saturday night in that Essendon-Carlton game, if Carlton had lost that game, that would have been an absolute travesty. And for the AFL to come out on Monday and say that that free kick, that 50-metre penalty against Eddie Betts was right, was actually wrong. And the public deserved better than that, right? That was not a free kick or a 50-metre penalty against Eddie Betts. It wasn't a free kick. It wasn't a 50-metre penalty. It was a kick out. And he, overs- he overstepped the mark. No, he didn't overstep I... the mark. So I, I'll, I'll take this to the bank forever. The guy played on from fullback and he ran to the side. The umpire was slow to call play on. And, that, and so Eddie Betts had gone early. Well, Eddie, Betts, the Eddie Betts had on. every right to actually go What's after the, rule? the player. You, you, you can't go until the umpire says play on. Yeah, but if the umpire is blatantly making an error because he's not switched on enough to call play on... The player has every right to play on. Then they pay a free kick, sorry, the 50-metre penalty, which was way more than 50 metres, right? Mm. It actually took him almost to the centre. The ball goes down the other end, and Essendon have a set shot on goal. If that goal had been scored, Carlton would have lost that game because of an umpire Damn. mistake. But the biggest thing, umpires make mistakes all the time, but the public deserve better than the AFL to come out on a Monday and say, we ticked that off and it was right, because it was wrong. Why couldn't they just come out and say, oh, we made a mistake? And we'll move on. So the public deserved better than that, and it's not good enough. Mm. That's a that's a good topic for our tweeters. Maybe we talk about our tweeters before we talk about the about the tries, mate. Hey, the tweeters. Yeah, before the Texas try. Rob, Rob the Ferrari driver, and Mike. what's his question, mate? He, has he got a question for the coach? Because that's what we always ask the tweeters to do. <laughs> I I haven't got a question from him. Well, he's um, your tweeter. 
No, I haven't got. I've been. I've been a little bit inundated this week in terms of my tweeting and my Twitter commitments. Right. So what we wanted to do, which you said at the outset, which was at the coach and text, yeah, is get people to to tweet who they would like as as our next guest and any feedback to the uh, the current the current guest. We can do a three, two, one. Peachy, Nugent, Sam or, the Sicilian, or the one that's about to come up, um, and they can they can do a vote on it. Should we reveal who it's going to be, Shane? In our, in our next segment, the part no. B of the episode? No, no, don't reveal it. I tell don't. you who's got time on his hands when it comes to tweeting, and that's Mike Tuplank from Tuplank. Werribee, because he was relying, he was non-committed, which is unusual, to go and collect those brown paper bags of cash from the local footy clubs that he does out oh, in the West. No. Well, he wants us to Can we name those clubs? Rumour has it he's on the take again. And he's just circling like a piranha. There's a sniff that local footy's coming back and he's out looking for some cash and some well, folding. I've never known a bloke to shop his, his kids around. He's got twins. Oh, um, uh, and he I shops sp- them around the club. I don't think they've ever they've ever played more than 20 games at, at, at any one club. Spot on, mate. Correct. You're he, spot on. He's obviously yeah. a very good agent. Hey? Player manager. If you, mate, um, actually, he wanted us to start a segment. He was happy to volunteer and get interviewed. And I suggested to him because you do know that he he actually was raised in Tasmania. He was. He 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 actually um, made it into Teal Cup level on the uh, north coast. North. So I said west um, coast. So I said, how about we start a segment about to two head the top ten players from um, Tasmania who played Teal Cup who never made it in the AFL. Um, and I reckon he's in that list. It could be a segment on itself. Hey, that's let, what I just said, mate. I think we're going to finish with Texas try. We may as well, mate. Yeah, just combine it. So it's now, been. An abject failure is a, a strong feedback. Uh, I've seen the error of my ways this <laughs> week. For all those listeners, I've given up the idea of a side winning by 16 or more. It's hard enough to pick a winner. And this week, I've gone to both of you two to pick a winner each. And you have come up with... Um, Who's you? Uh, the coach has come up with Hawthorne as his team to win on the weekend. So he's saying Hawthorne's going to beat GWS. Is that up there or here? Uh, that is up there. up there. I'm saying that Port Adelaide will continue on their merry way and win again. On the Beat weekend. Brisbane. Beat Brisbane in Brisbane. And uh, you've added... Zip in, from two. You, Turtle, have added enormous value into this with uh, Geelong to win down at the Cattery against Gold Coast. So, be, it's the lock-in, mate. It's the one leg out of the trifecta that might actually pay. So those How three... How many did you get right last week? Uh, winners. Yeah, one. One. So that that's a PB. But as as our guests, might be equal. As our guest, one, one out of three. As our guest in uh, in part B, we'll talk about um, leadership. I'm looking forward. So Port Adelaide, Hawthorne, and Geelong all just to win this week. All they've got to do What's is win. Paying, Five dollars ninety five. Okay. Fifty dollars will put us back in front in the um, in the headspace kitty. So Port Adelaide, Hawthorne, Geelong all just to win. Simple as that. Headspace have been tweeting too, mate. They're not sure they want to be associated with this podcast any longer, particularly with Texas Dry. Hang in there, mate. Hang in there. Mm. Now, uh, we did want to... We weren't too sure whether this person should be a tweeter um, or start up a segment. So we need we need a sponsor for for our um, our betting segment. We were hoping we could get a representative from BetEasy, and I think it's Enio from BetEasy that we wanted to... Um, to come in each week and tell us what the best odd, odds are that we can make a call. Well, that's a sign suggesting we should wrap it up, I think. But, um, Any out from Bet Easy? Uh, yeah. Let's, let's see if he can provide us with some specials during the week. Some all-ups. Is he, is he out of jail? 
Uh, has he been released from jail? Oh, Jesus. Uh, if Adventurous Venturous <laughs> is listening, has he got his work cut out this week? Have you taken... The question is, did you take the key back off him for the safe? Have a great week, gents. <laughs> so stay tuned, Part B. We can reveal now. It's Mark Choco Williams is on is on the podcast in Part Ooh. B. So it's too big that we have to split it up into two. So... Mm. Thanks for thanks for supporting us, folks. See you next week. See you guys. Trano, you can go home and have dinner. Beautiful. See ya.